Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Badass Women's Hour, the podcast. Yes, this is our little roundup of the best bits from our talk radio show, created especially for you, our lovely podcast listener. And this week, we have had a bumper show. It's featuring me, Harriet Minter, the gorgeous Emma Sexton, and the amazing Natalie Campbell. Ladies, what has been your favourite bit of the show? Nat? I really enjoyed Anna McNuff, who is an adventurer, a GB rower, and her story of cycling around the world, but also running across New Zealand got us really excited. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, mine was Michelle Collins. She was just really, really good fun. And I just love how she's just like, I'm just going to take control of life and do things and set up businesses and produce and run networking events. So she was really, really good fun. I think they're both brilliant. So we will be talking to both of them, plus our roundup of this week's news coming up on the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Across the UK, online and on DAB. (laughs) Badass Women's Hour XL on talk radio. Super-sized free speech for switched-on women. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. The Vampire Strikes Back on talk radio. Welcome to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minton, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton here on Talk Radio. Uh, And uh, kicking us off, we are talking news stories. And the one that caught my eye this week is Ealing Council's decision to enact what it is calling um, a kind of a safe zone around the local Mary Stopes abortion clinic. And it's done this because um, women who have been going to the clinic have been complaining of the fact that whilst walking into the clinic sat directly outside, there have been anti-abortion protesters. And even when they're not saying anything, if they're just sitting there silently, it feels very intimidating. It feels like um, they're being kind of protested against at a time when they're already feeling probably a bit vulnerable and a bit all over the place and things that had happened I haven't believed this things that had happened had included women on the way from the tube station to the clinic being handed cards with the word mum written on it uh, and blue and pink rosaries for whether or not they were having a boy or a girl just horrible so I for one am super proud of Ealing Council for saying actually this is not okay we are going to put a public protection order in place and say in this space we're not allowing that protest Now, what do you think of it? So I wasn't sure if I was actually going to say this, but when I was 16, I had an abortion at the Ealing Clinic, which is why I asked you if it was Marie Stokes. So 
you know, taking myself back to that moment. I don't actually remember any campaigners being there, but going through something like that when you're so young and you've made a decision to do something that you know you're going to live with for the rest of your life, you don't need someone putting a card in your hand. You don't need someone to confirm, reconfirm, challenge the decision you've already made because it's hard and it's hard no matter what age you are. So, you know, I think it's a brilliant thing that they've done. I understand where the campaigners are coming from, but I think what they need to to realize is that if a woman has made that decision, she has not made it lightly. So you doing that could be the thing that possibly sends her over the edge. And I don't think they think about that. They're just thinking about their own agenda. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's a good thing, but I do think campaigners like that if they're willing to go that far, they will find other ways to get at the women or they will figure out the other routes in. Um, and so I think we need a broader conversation about how anti-abortion campaigners campaign. Yeah. Do you think there should be kind of restrictions on or how they can approach women or whether yes. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's completely. massively insensitive, massively insensitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion and if you don't agree with abortion, that's fair enough. But I think to be handing things to to patients of this yeah. clinic, like you say, if you're going for a termination, you're in a state of trauma you're not like that's not something you're skipping down the street to do that's been a really big decision it's a really difficult time and then for you to be kind of attacked like that is just uh massively insensitive and i'm i feel really you know i feel really bad for all the people in the past two years while the clinic has been campaigning that have had to put up with this because that's just not okay i wouldn't stop their right to campaign but i think you can still you can share your message without doing it in that way yeah um actually what's really interesting about that is the leader of the council when he was asked about why they're taking decision because it was a unanimous vote Mm. um they've had a public consultation running they had over i think three and a half thousand responses to the public consultation Uh, but it was a unanimous vote by the council to enact this order and when he was asked you know why he was supporting it he actually said you know i'm a christian and this isn't about what you think about abortion Mm. this is about a woman's right to walk down the street safely without being harassed yeah And that, I think, is particularly at this time when we have been talking about the Me Too movement, when we've been talking about women's rights over their bodies, I think that's such a powerful statement. Mm. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good story, Harriet. Super, super proud of him. Ealing Council. This week, you are our favourite council. We love you. Go (laughs) Ealing Council. It's just one council in one area. Think about all of the other places that need to follow suit. Well, what I hope is that actually this is going to give politicians some... I guess some impetus and some bravery. Mm. You know, we always need one person to do that thing yeah. first so that everyone can follow suit. What well, uh, The other thing that were, came out of the public consultation was that actually when they looked at the number of people saying they didn't want this order enacted, that they wanted everyone to be able to free, free to protest wherever they wanted, those people, only six, just over 6% of them lived in the borough. So actually mm-hmm. that campaigning was coming from pressure groups rather than people within the borough. Exactly. And it's about going back to politicians and saying, actually, ask your local community. Yeah. What ask do what they want? They want. Yeah. And exactly. you should be free to campaign, but at the same time, you've got to be aware of the impact that you're having on people, regardless of what you're campaigning for, right? It's not okay to be campaigning or be an activist when you are damaging or inflicting harm on other people, whether that's psychological or physical, I would have thought. Exactly, and that's the key thing. And for me, I think that's my frustration with it, that it's it's ill-considered, it's poorly judged, um, and it really 
it's disrespectful to the individual that you are approaching. Deeply disrespectful. And as you said that, like I don't think anyone makes this decision without giving it some thought. No. People go through it, they think about yeah. it, they have come to their own decisions and to have somebody sat outside this clinic and saying, You you haven't you don't have the information, you don't know, you haven't made the right choice. Yeah. That's A, questioning everything that you believe and are doing. And also, it's putting that pressure on you at exactly the wrong moment. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't ever remember growing up and be having, you know, uh, a termination being, I don't know, really a strong message that that was the right thing to do. I don't feel like that was ever, you know, that was always just an option, as was not having a termination. I don't remember being pushed that, you know, that's the way and the only way. Mm. So, you know, you, you are aware of your choices if you fall pregnant and you don't plan to. Mm. And you spend a lot of time thinking and researching and talking to people because it's such a a traumatic time for you especially if you're young so exactly. you know you don't need your mind changed you need to you know the only thing i did think about this is that and it sounds awful but the one benefit of these protesters being there is that they're out in the open so when i was at university um on route to the on route to the university library there was a thinking of having an abortion come here for free counseling mm-hmm. sign and everyone knew that if you went in there you were going to be told to not have an abortion and told all the reasons why it was, you know, and it was well known that they had a particular agenda and they were going to be pushing that agenda. But if you didn't know that and you just wandered in off the street, you would think that this was just a family planning, you know, counselling service. Mm -hmm. And so that's the one thing that does worry me, which is how do we make sure that women definitely do have access to fair and impartial advice? Yeah. That's what I really want to see. Um, but I, I don't I, think it's I, an argument for having them on the streets, though. But no, and you know, I think on that, this is one area exactly to to what Emma was saying. You're not forced in any one direction, mm-hmm. and in order to get to that point, it has to be signed off by a doctor. So someone is assessing your mental well-being to be able to make that choice. Someone is giving you the options, and there is definitely an option to have the child that is discussed. And so I think it does work. What I think. <sighs> Where I think the disconnect is, is that campaigners that are so adamant that their viewpoint is right, they just, they're not as rational individuals thinking, what is it like for this person to be making this decision and how am I inflicting pain upon them by approaching them in this very moment? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Emma. You've got a great story this week, honey. It's made me chuckle inside. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the title of the article is Texas Bill Prohibiting Male Masturbation Moves Closer to Becoming Law. Now, this woman was nearly my badass of the week, basically. (laughs) So, um, uh, legislator representative Jessica Farrah um, has basically put forward a bill uh, which focuses on male masturbation. So the proposed legislation is basically an a- attempt to kind of draw attention to that sort of the unreasonable and dangerous policy proposals that um, the Republican Party have out there. Uh, and she's putting forward this bill that basically if a man masturbates, he's letting his sperm go to waste and that that's not okay because we are hindering... Um, you know, life, masturbatory emissions is what she calls it, is an act against an unborn child and is failing to preserve the sanctity of life. So she's put this whole bill forward, basically stating that 
men need to get kind of uh, things signed off that their wife must um, basically be able to store uh, any of these <laughs> masturbatory emissions. <laughs> and the thing is, the bill's getting closer and closer to being passed. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I just thought... What a brilliant idea, because I think quite often, you know, these things can happen and it's not until you put it. I don't know. Is there a journalistic word for that when you when you put something into a different context? The juxtaposition of two extremes. That's exactly what I was about to yeah. say, Harriet. But thanks. I was thinking subversion. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. But by doing that really highlights, I think, the challenges in a way that often, you know, you're trying to you're trying to explain to people who just don't get it, mm. uh, you know, switching the juxtaposition or whatever you said <laughs> that thing yes yeah, i mean switching the point of view but also switching what i love about this is it's a real play on how for her how ridiculous the tax and abortion laws are because they are extreme you know so if you're a woman who wants to have an abortion in texas you need to not just have it signed off by doctors you need to go through an ultrasound you need to go through counseling it's just it makes it as hard as it possibly can and i just love her putting it back and saying okay guys if you want us to go through that yeah. You can do it too. Yeah, so she's got a whole thing where a man must receive a rectal exam and an MRI if his rectum before he can have any treatments and he's got to be able to like get signed off on the doctor before he can have any of these masturbatory emissions. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. I mean, what it shows, it, it, so for me, it's a, a walk a mile in my shoes. Yeah. And it, as you were talking, I was thinking about the Atollo founders and when they wanted to get investment, they asked a man to wear ill-fitting shoes so he could understand what it's like to wear an ill-fitting bra. Yeah. And I just wonder how many things, if we want men to understand what it's like, do we have to get them to kind of walk a mile in our shoes yeah. for them to actually give it up, be like, oh, oh, this is why you've been protesting against that bit of legislation. <laughs> because actually, it doesn't make sense. Actually, it's a step too far. Actually, we lost the plot on that one. Let's roll it back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, shout out for using the term masturbatory emissions first seen in Legally Blonde, one of my favourite <laughs> movies. Was yeah. it? Uh, uh, and finally, now, what's our final story of the week? So my final story of the week is one that I was reading and... I was, I was reading and, and, and nodding away at the same time. Uh, Billy Piper, uh, who is in a stage play at the moment, was talking about uh, life life changes and the fact that in your 20s, you can go out and make a whole load of mistakes and live your life without consequence. And in your 30s, that's when you start to put things into place. And that's when you start to rationalise what you think and believe. And you ask yourself different questions about love and... I was nodding away, partly because I, I meet so many women who ask questions about life. And I do think there is a disconnect between the way that you treat advice and how you live in your 20s versus your 30s. Your 30s are like, you're like, right, I need to get serious. I possibly need to buy a house and I should possibly settle down and I should possibly do all of these different things. Whereas in your 20s, those things fall so far away like for me i honestly in my 20s a relationship a house babies was so far away i got to 30 and i was like babies have babies <laughs> literally and it, it so I, I was chuckling away but i, I do think it's uh, we should talk about it more what happens over the decade so you know what happens what's the shift when you get into your 40s you were telling us your that actually it solidifies everything <laughs> um so this is my story of the week and i wanted to know what you guys thought how were your how are your 30s different to your 20s? How are your 40s different to your 30s? Um, I definitely remember waking up on the morning of my 30th birthday with uh, somewhat of a hangover 
and realizing that nothing had changed from <laughs> the year before and all this stuff that I thought I had to have sorted by the time I was 30 I still hadn't sorted and the world had not exploded and it was okay and I was like oh actually there's no hurry I've got all the time in the world and that was the really interesting thing for me which is the point in my thing? 20s I felt I had to do everything at once okay um whereas in my 30s I was like oh got ages and then actually ironically time now flies it speeds up yeah it does something yeah. happens in your 20s like years roll by real slow and in your 30s yeah it clocks up so fast there's a whole science yeah. behind it it's it gets even faster when you're 40 seriously yeah. so for me i think i had my crisis around 27 what i've realized is yeah 20s you just live your life and i think because we talked about this earlier in the week and i was thinking about you know how i kind of explain it and i think in my 20s, I certainly was letting life lead me. And then I had a bit of a meltdown when I was like 27, 28, got really depressed, had some therapy. Then I realized that basically I could just totally reshape my mind. And that was a massive epiphany for me. So then I spent my 30s trying to just basically unpick myself and go, okay, what are all these things? I could see habits, I could see behaviors that weren't working for me, all these beliefs that you kind of brought up with. Uh, and and so now my 30s, so my 40s is now me living my life exactly the way I want to live it. Nice. And you let go of lots of expectations you know when you're in your 30s it's about having a serious relationship all of that you let go of all that stuff 40s are epic so yeah hang in there ladies <laughs> Thanks, well, we're going to be chatting about this with our next guest uh, a woman who is having a bit of a kind of revolution in her career she you're going to recognize her voice instantly you're going to know her from eastenders from coronation street and from pretty much every other successful show on tv and now we're going to tell you all about her skincare line coming up we've got the amazing michelle collins Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And we've got a super badass in the studio with us right now. Uh, we've got a woman who has been on our screens basically pretty much. I, mean, I think she's pretty much taught me everything I wanted to know about being a woman from watching on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's turned entrepreneur. She's going to be telling us all about her acting life, her new business, everything she's got going on. The fabulous Michelle Collins. Thank you so much. for Hello. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> Welcome. So, Michelle, I mean, it's so exciting to have you because I absolutely feel like... You were going to say you grew up with me, didn't I you? Grew up you? With you? I'm so sorry, but I have to say it. I did. Um, what year were you, you born, get, if you don't mind me asking? Do you want to know? Yeah, 81. Oh, OK. Yeah. So I went in, into EastEnders in 88. Did you? Yeah. yeah. I would not have thought it was that early. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. I'm just thinking. So you were. My parents were very, very, very lax about it. <laughs> so maybe I was like creeping in to watch it. <laughs> but I think those storylines are, you know, their storylines they stay, they stay with you. So it does feel like these are storylines that happened yesterday. Yeah, and I was, I don't know. There's something about those days. I think because. Uh, originally there was only one a week and also we didn't have all the channels that we have now was it one a week? yeah originally I think it was one a week yeah, oh wow. days, wasn't it? it yeah was like, I'm yeah. sure it was one a week yeah 
I think it was one a week. Yeah. Sure. Or may, and then it went to two, I think. But um, I think look, we only had the three, four channels, didn't we? And yeah. so we didn't have any of the streaming or we didn't have any of, you know, anything Sky or any of those. So people sat down and watched telly yeah. together. Yeah. And you would go in the next day, you'd go into school, you'd go into work and you would talk, <laughs> you about, talk about it. About it. <laughs> yeah. And those were the days. I remember, you know, it was getting sort of 19, 20 million. I remember yeah. wow. like being really excited at Angie and Den, you know, the Christmas Day oh, yeah. episode. And I think that got something like 20. 21 million, which is quite unbelievable. I mean, it's you huge. wouldn't yeah. you'd get that now. What were you doing before EastEnders then? Uh, I was a jobbing actor. I was. Uh, I started. Uh, I did my first telly actually with Gary Oldman when I was twenty-one. Wow! I did a, a, a drama series, the BBC. Yes. So I didn't go to drama school. I got turned down by every single drama school going. Fools, fools. And uh, <laughs> I was. Very, I was a bit young. I was only seventeen when I auditioned, okay. and I think someone should have just said. Um, well, you know, maybe trying to cover, but also it was expensive, and I couldn't afford to do it all over again. And it is very expensive now. Mm. Um, so um, I did lots of fringe work, and I got involved in a pop band uh, called Mary Wilson the Wilsations for about eighteen months, and got my equity card because nice. in those days it was all about your equity card. But it's, I mean, it's still a union, but it's not such a strong union and you don't have to be in the union to work so yeah I was a jobbing actress doing a lot of telly theatre and then in fact I only did I was only employed to do uh, 11 episodes and I stayed for just over 10 years my agent didn't want me to, to do it actually but it's a bit that sort of sliding doors moment isn't it like oh, what would have happened if I hadn't I don't know but I was having fun so I stayed and you stayed for 10 years but you've had a career that has gone on you know, way past that because for a lot of people you've been in a soap for a really long time mm. everyone knows you for that and then you leave and then everyone still knows you for mm. the soap and they stay there and you really just broke out of it yeah I think I was you know I was lucky I think that I I mean I left to have my daughter and I didn't really have any sort of work lined up after that but I think it's about the choices that you make and I had a really good agent and I was determined to try and do roles that were very different from from mm. the Cindy character and also I think there did, there wasn't as much reality in those days so it wasn't there weren't so many temptations to sort of do other yeah. things yeah. if you see what I mean so but yes I think I was all, you know, I was lucky, but I, and I did some, you know, I worked solidly for 10, 12 years or something. And, and also they killed me off. So there was never the temptation to go back. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you were listening to the conversation we were having mm. before about male and female protagonists. Mm. Do you think that you can write a script that doesn't focus on the individual um, and bring them to life without knowing their gender, because a Cindy Bill character Ooh, could have been a, a heavy one, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Cindy Bill character could have been a male character too. You could you could switch you could have switched it slightly. No, well, yeah, I think that's why she was interesting though, because it wasn't a man. She was yeah. she she sort of was one of the first, I think, in a badass so, that behaved like yeah. a man in a way, and and sort of got away with it. Because I still go, why did, you know, if there isn't a day that goes by and people don't go, Cindy, hello, yeah. Cindy, or yeah. whatever. And, and I think, you know, you could say actually she wasn't a particularly very nice person or whatever. But because I think people sort of. I don't know, they sort of love to watch her and think, oh my God, she got away with that. How did she get away with that? Isn't that fantastic? And I think women were sort of quite jealous that she... She, she behaved, had an affair. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she and, tried to kill her husband. But you know what's interesting is, um, you know, I got a really hard time from the press mm. and people, you know, the press 
you know, with, with a lot of women, I think, who play characters like that, they try to make you out that you are the yeah. character that you're playing, whereas with right. men it doesn't happen, mm. does it? No. Mm. You know, and so, um, yeah, I think, I, you know, I had a, quite a hard time playing that sort of... I mean, I always say she was under, misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Today she'd be a heroine. <laughs> yeah, she would. She'd be But, better. yeah, she was sort yeah. of a little bit before her time, maybe. You know, yeah. maybe she was a bit of a feminist, Cindy, I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Don't let... That's not an excuse to leave your children, though. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Well, yeah, she did, didn't she? Yeah, it's all coming back. <laughs> And would you, because you were really young when you started that. If you were going to go back now. I wasn't that young, I was only 20, I was 26. But I looked young. It was very young. Yeah. Plumpy face. (laughs) (laughs) Would you, what advice would you give to your younger self? Because you Mm. got thrown in the deep end. You got thrown in this massive soap, this huge storyline. Like press everywhere. Um, You know what? I think actually I was quite mature compared to a lot of people who went in when they were very young. And I think having worked and uh, for quite a few years held me in sort of good stead, I think. Um, I mean, I was sort of, you know, I wasn't... I was known within the industry, but I wasn't well known. Um, what would I, say? I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it, it it was tough. It was it was 24-7 when you're... And, and the, the show was huge then, absolutely huge. I would probably say I wish I could have been a bit stronger and said no I think certain you know particularly with PR and things like that you Mm. can get pushed into doing things like a lot of women that you don't really want to do but you're frightened to say no because you think oh god they'll think I'm a bitch or they'll think I'm a bit of a diva and and actually I I shouldn't really say no Mm. and yeah I, I think Possibly that, yes. I think I was sort of uh, quite manipulated by the press and, and, and as I said, you know, got a bit of a hard time. Um, but so I wish I'd have been stronger in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty, pretty strong and badass now because still acting, lots of that going on and you've started a whole other business mm. as well. Tell us about Pelham Vera. So uh, Pelham Vero is a skincare range. I did have it for you, but I left it on the train. Oh, no. I just went That's to Manchester okay. this morning so and I left it on the train. So it's um so uh it's so uh, MC Skin Truth is is me and uh Pelham Vero um uh is 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 the, the the range. It means skin truth in Latin. And uh, it, it's quite, it's just weird how it all sort of happened. I was sort of, I'd got asked to sort of endorse quite a lot of stuff and a lot of it was rubbish and I didn't sort of really want to put my name to something. I didn't really want to believe in and I was going to endorse this product and pulled out. And then I met a guy who said, well, why don't we, from a company called Croda, um, who make lots of beauty products and said, we can create and formulate something for you if you like. And I was like, Really? <laughs> okay. And I ended up literally, and they're based in um, in uh, Yorkshire, and I literally was involved from test tube to baby. I went into the lab, I tested things, you know, I said what I wanted, what I wanted in a, in a skincare range. It's uh, age-defying. I don't know if we can say anti-aging. It's, it's for, you know, women who want to look after their skin and it's got lots of great actives in it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's affordable, Mm. Is that one of your main things for it to be affordable? Yeah, affordable. And also, you know, I've learned so much about the beauty industry because just because something looks great and it's packaged really well doesn't mean to say that it's great. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know, and the market is saturated with so much out there now. And and you'd be amazed at the amount of people that don't actually look at the ingredients when they're looking at something. And the percentages, like it might say, oh, it's got... 
I don't know, matrixlost in it, but it's got a tiny, tiny percentage which will do nothing right. for your skin. So, um, but it has been, and I'm doing it totally on my own. I have no big backers behind me or anything. Uh, so I'm doing it sort of slowly but surely. And um, yeah, it's quite exciting. I mean, it's not easy, but then nothing is, is it? <laughs> no. You know, when you start up your own business and I'm still, you know, I'm still acting as well, but it, but it's, um, it's uh, yeah, it's fun. And I just think, you know, as you get older, particularly as an actor, you need something else because it's, you know, the mm. acting doesn't come as... Um, Perhaps as much, or or you make the, you know, you, you uh, there are choices that that you choose you don't want to do. So actually, it's always nice to have something else. And I'm producing as well. I produced a mm. a film last year, and I put a play on. So mm. I'm doing lots of of different, different things. things. So I really want to talk to you about life stages, because as you get kind of as you here in your twenties and everything goes seems like such a big deal, and then mm. you get to your thirties and you chill out a bit more. Emma assures me, forties greatest decade ever. Yeah. Would you agree? <laughs> have you felt that as you go oh, I don't know. I'm trying to convince them the 40s <laughs> are the best. Okay, work with me. Just, yeah, just no. I mean, also, I think, you know, motherhood changes things. Becoming a parent really yeah. changes things. Um, I was sort of in my early 30s when I had my daughter. I you know, my early 40s were okay, but then my mid... I, I think that's also being an actor because your, you, you, your career sort of changes quite a bit because it's all to do with ageing mm. yeah. as well. Yeah. So, you know, you sort of think, well... I suppose it was okay to 45 and then it started to get a little bit weird. But, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, it, I suppose I don't worry about the ageing process in a sense because I can still act. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I suppose I'll play more character actresses, actors, uh, part roles as I get older. Do you think that's changing? Are we seeing more, I guess, parts for older women coming through? Because those stories are interesting. Well, exactly. And it's, and it's mostly women told? that watch telly. Mm. Yeah. Or watch yeah. a lot. I, Yes, I still don't think there's enough. I mean, you don't see many leading women in their 50s in leading roles. You see them, but I don't think that yeah. they don't do... I mean, I was, you know, did a lot of leading roles, but I, I don't really play leading roles anymore. I think it, it's, it still needs to change. It does still need... I, it's getting slightly better, but I think it does need to change. And again, but we need more female writers, I think, as well, to write their yeah. stories about... That's exactly what I was about to women. ask. Yeah. The female yeah. stories... Is it female producers, female writers, yeah, putting there, stories forward? There are a lot more fem female producers. There aren't so many female directors, mm. uh, which is interesting. And there aren't as many. There are female writers, but they're not getting their chances, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, most of the things, there's probably a handful of female writers and then all the rest are men. Yeah. That. So if you could play any part, if you could come up with your, your ideal story, what would it be? Oh, oh. That's a hard one. Uh, I don't know. Um, would you go action? Would you go police? I quite like drama? action. I did action okay. in Doctor Who. I played the captain of a spaceship. Okay. That was good. I'd like yeah. to do a bit more action. <laughs> um, I would. I'd, I'd love to do a sort of a Jane Tennyson type role, prime suspect, something nice. like that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also love to do. Um, um, Stella Street Kind of Desire if I was on stage okay. I'd love to do that yeah. um, oh there's there's lots of things out there but yeah I do I do quite like crime mm. yeah. <laughs> I could see you in that role actually <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I could see you slamming a whiskey down yeah. on the table yeah. Yeah. can we get that commission that generic trouser yeah. suit that yeah. they all wear in CIS yeah. Yeah. with those hands in their pockets yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see that I could see it yeah. <laughs> 
Cindy, I've been doing some research on you. And what I found out is apparently you're quite psychic and you have a sixth sense. And we were like, ooh. Well, they did used to call me Mystic Mish. Did they? <laughs> did they, Mystic Mish? Tell us more. Yeah. Palm reading. <laughs> When I'm drunk, I've <laughs> <laughs> got some beer. I used to do. I used to do this. There's a thing called psychometry. So if you pick up an object, say if I, you give me your phone or something, and I could go, I can't do it now because <laughs> I don't drink that much anymore. And um, and people used to come up to me and go, Oh my god, you told me this thing like years ago. You said I'd be this person, and now I'm married to them or something. Or you told me this was going to happen, and I was like, Really? So I do. I am. I used to be really obsessed with psychics. I'm not so much now. There's like two I go to now. Whereas before I used to go Only to like two. give us their number later. <laughs> yes. Oh, they're very good. Sharon's particularly good. Um, but, uh, and they all told me that I have, oh, yeah, I do think I have a bit of a sixth. I mean, we all have, think we have sixth sense, mm, don't yeah. we? These earphones, sorry, drive me say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I sort of, um, and you know what it is? As I've got older, I've learnt to trust my gut instinct mm. so much more. And that is a, another answer to your question when I was younger, is I should have trusted my own instinct more and that, that gut feeling, yeah. because that's always the best, I think, rather than mm. listening to other people. Yeah. I guess that is actually all our internal sixth sense, really, isn't it? Mm. That we just don't we don't use it. Yeah, it's, it's having the confidence to believe in your sixth sense, isn't it? Yeah. I think which develops over time. So in your twenties, yes. maybe yeah. not so much. In your thirties, yeah. you yeah. start to think, oh. I listened to it last time. That kind of yes. worked. Yeah. Or well, that person it... on the street has told me that when I listened yeah. to it and read her part, <laughs> when, <laughs> I was dead on. Or when someone tells you to do something, you sort of think, oh, okay, well, I should do it because they've told me. And then you do it and you think, I know oh, I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. Why did yeah. I do it? Yeah. On yeah. everything goes wrong. You're like, right, now I've learned that lesson. Yeah. yeah. So now with building a business, mm. you know that you should listen to your gut. Yes. What sort of decisions are you making on a daily basis to get the brand from, you know, testing onto the market? Well, I mean, I, I'm quite lucky in the sense that I have. Uh, I mean, that was all. That's all been done. That happened in. Uh, we sort of launched in November. So I, you know, now my job is that is is to go out there and try and sell it really. Mm. And um, you know, social media is 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 very is is good for us. Mm. At the end, that's where we're selling it because we don't have um, an outlet. I have one little salon in Soho that sells it. So it's it's. Um, yeah, I have some very good people around me sort of helping me out, but it's it's um it's making the decision where to go probably from the ne- for the next stage. Do I want yeah. to go for investors or do I want to keep it really small and just so yeah, I mean I think it's it's learning as you go along. And so what's you the know, sell? What will it do? What will it do for me? You've <laughs> got good me skin anyway. You look, yeah. You've got amazing yeah, skin. skin. Yeah. Blacks don't crack. <laughs> uh, that is true. Yeah. Um but then you know what prevention is always it's good to start um when you're young anyway yeah. looking after you do you look after your skin soap and water oh stop it <laughs> i mean you know you, i throw any old thing well, on my face at the moment no, I, at the uh, moment i throw any old thing on my face i know at some you? point i need to invest in in something so but i think you know you have to anyway because you know we live in pollution mm. Uh, air conditioning too much sun i mean i don't i don't do sun at all i i completely lock my face out of my body from the sun and I have done for years and my mum okay. always always told me to do that and um, and I think also having to wear TV makeup and theatre makeup from when I've been really young and you know what it doesn't always have to be expensive yeah. anyway you just you know buy what you can afford and, and look after your skin yeah. because as I said prevention's better than cure we don't you know I, I think too many young people have too much surgery and they're too young really and if they looked after their skin a bit better they wouldn't need to do all these yeah. you know there's a um, lot of kind of 
puffing and pulling and stretching and yeah. at a very young age. And I think, you know, why should, you know, look why shouldn't we look after it? Mm. It's not high maintenance. It's yeah. actually just looking after yourself and and so where did you get all your insights? You were saying earlier about you, you wanted to come up with this range because you could see that there was, you know, lots on the market, all very expensive. Some mm. of it was a bit kind of smoke mm. and mirrors. So where have you got your kind of uh, education around skin and what you should be using that helped you come up with the formulas? Um, I, I just did a lot of research and, and bought lots of products. Yeah. Um, Secret Squirrel just went around <laughs> looking at stuff. And um, yeah, I, as I said, it's just been a real learning curve. Um, and I'm and I am still learning. I'm learning that um, there are a lot of beauty bloggers out there who want everything for nothing. <laughs> and you're like, I'm a one man band. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. give everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, um, but I suppose I think the thing is with me is that it's called MC Skin Truth, and it's it, you know I'm honest about it. Um, if you use it over a long period, yes, of course it will help you. But there is no miracle at all. But you have to. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, I think it's starting young looking after your skin as well. But, you know, I am no expert. As I said, I'm learning as I go along. But you do um, know that... So so you, you've got a cleanser, so you're saying... So we, have so a, we should always cleanse morning uh, and night? You, uh, yes, morning and night. I have a cleanser. I have um, an eye cream, yep. a serum. Yeah. Uh, serums are very sort of are quite new the last couple of years. So what are but, serums for? So you, your serum basically penetrates the skin quicker. You put your serum under your moisturiser. Right. So, and a serum is supposed to penetrate the skin much, much quicker and deeper than a moisturizer. And you could get really—I mean, the the prices really vary. You, could, I mean, my I think my serum is about twenty-three because normally we sell good. it in a pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some serums you can buy for a hundred quid at yeah. least, even. Okay. Um, and so I think serums are important. Um, day moisturizer. Then we've got, uh, as I said, the eye. Um, we've got a great active in our eye called Beautify, okay. which is really good. And uh, and then you have a night cream, which is really important. A night cream is mm. really important. And it sort of goes into the skin. It's not one of those night creams that like sit on the face. Yeah. You know, and go all gooey and ugh. Oh, you do have that thing I sometimes find where you go to bed and you're like, oh, I think I'm sticking to the yes. pillow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Why did you And this I'm... is also green tea based. So it has oh, a really oh. very um, slight... Um, smell of uh, it's just really fresh and because I think sometimes too much um, can be overbearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Why Pelham Vero? What what does the no- name it's come Latin from? Latin for skin means skin truth. Yeah, okay. mm. yeah, yeah. And that's for you. That's the thing, right? Which is actually about being truthful and honest and not trying to promise something. That yeah, can't happen. I think you know you have to find out sort of where your market is, I suppose, and what your relate, you know, who can relate to you mm. and what your sort of market is. Um, so I'd say, you know, we're sort of middle range. We're not sort of real high end, but I think the products are, they're bespoke for a very affordable um, market, I think. And you're only and, doing this product range or, or will there be other? Well, I'd like to, but, you know, again, it's um, it's quite expensive um, creating and formulating. Mm. Um so I would like I'd like to do an SPF, but I couldn't afford to do an SPF. Right. <laughs> and and it's and they take quite a long time. Um because I think everyone should use an SPF under you know your makeup but but I quite like to do that but obviously you know I think things take time yeah you know it's not enough yeah Yeah. and like you know I don't have huge people behind me so um it's uh it's slow but um it's exciting yeah do you think I know you run a a networking group for women in media Mm. has it been really important to kind of have I guess a tribe with you both in your acting Mm. career but also now you're doing your new thing 
how do you is it support I guess yeah I think you know as I've got a bit older I think I found that um I can rely on on women a lot more I've become very I have really good girlfriends and so many women have helped me particularly with the products like you know my local my beauty salon Sadir in, in Soho Pam said I'll stock your products my hairdresser in Ange said I'll stock your products people have been so amazing and so supportive and it is about collaboration yeah. and about helping each other mm. whereas people go oh women don't help each other they all bitch about each yeah, other and you go well the media loves to perpetuate that don't mm. they but actually no people have been really amazing actually um, and I, th I don't know whether that's, yeah, like I, I started a women in media networking breakfast club with a friend of mine who's a comedian writer, Brenda Galhooly, and we've been doing it for nearly three years. And we just felt there was a bit of a gap in the market because there's lots of men's groups and, yeah. Yeah. and men tend to go to members clubs a lot more than women do. Mm -hmm. And also we felt that particularly women in the media or, or self-employed women, if they're not working, can feel a bit invisible mm. and a bit isolated and, and, and they don't know what's going on in the industry. And um, and it's become really popular. And we have we, we meet sort of bi-monthly. We've got about 150, 200 women. We meet at the hospital club. Amazing. It's non-profit making. We charge a tenner for coffee and croissants. As much as you can eat. <laughs> and, uh, and people love it. And people have made friends. People have got work out of it. It's been really great, actually. And did um, you just set that up? Yourself? Was that just your Yes. Idea? We just set it up. We were sort of, you know, as you do, meeting up and going on about things. And we just said, yeah, why don't we do something like that, actually? Because, you know, particularly living in London, we have all these members clubs and everything. But as I said, not everyone is a member of a club. Yeah. And so even women can come. They don't have to be a member of the hospital club. They can still come to us. So our only criteria is that you're in the media um, and you pay your £10. And Love we have that. Sheila Hancock is, is our guest speaker at the end of the month. Amazing. So we've had some fantastic... We've had Shazia Mirza. Um, we've had... Um, uh, uh, Baroness, uh, politicians. We've had uh, Kate Kinnamont, Women in Film and TV. We've had the, the head of BAFTA. We've had uh, journalists, directors, producers, comedians, some really great people, actually. Oh, and everyone does it for nothing, which is amazing. Nobody makes oh, all the wow. speakers. Yeah, it's a it's because the bonus of being really together. Thing. I think that yeah. exactly, and people want to women want to help each other. I yeah. think even more so now because of what's been going on. Yeah, that. Are you enjoying this portfolio career that you've got? So between the acting, you've got your network, you've got producing, you've got a skincare range. Do you like having the variety? Uh, yes, I do. And, you know, I, I do love acting, but often it's quite, it's not quite enough. Um, and, yeah, I think I'm the sort of person, I, I'm a bit of a sort of a workaholic and okay. I need to get out and do yeah. this. And also, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy being proactive and and I was probably if you'd asked me five years ago would I have produced uh, a film or and then and commissioned a play and done this and I would have gone no well I never do that and so um, yeah I do I do enjoy it yeah definitely and I think you know you can't it's about to, can taking control of your life yeah exactly and yeah. there are so many actors I think that you know they sit at home and they wait for their agents to call and it's like you can't do that you have to go yeah. out there and you need to be proactive and it is again about networking getting out there look I'm here and I want to do something yeah so tell us, you've been amazing, Michelle. We've loved talking to you. But tell us, if people want to find you, if they want to find out more about Skincare Range, where should they be looking? <laughs> on a train! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on that train, you're yes. very lucky. <laughs> I am so tired. I've been up since five o'clock this morning and I felt like I haven't stopped talking. Um, so it's um, 
uh, MC, www.mcskintruth.com. That's our website. Brilliant. So, yeah, if you and go we'll put it there. out on all our socials oh, as well. Oh, thank so you. So you can go and have a look. Michelle Collins, you have been fantastic. Thank you so thank much you. for joining me. I probably haven't Woo! sold it very well, have I? No, but you, you know, I'm buying some. You, know. you, do, you look gorgeous. Look at her skin. It's glowing. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. The Vampire Strikes Back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! We've had a bit of an adventure so far, and we're having more of an adventure because we've got a professional adventurer joining us. I'm excited uh, about this. I'm really excited. Me too. The amazing Anna McNuff, professional adventurer. Professional form, adventurer. Professional adventurer, isn't that great? I want that on my business Former cards. GB rower, European medalist. I mean, she's pretty amazing, really. Uh, we are going to be talking to her. Basically about how you can go off and have your own adventure. Hi, Anna. Hello, badass lady. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for joining us. Um, oh, you're so welcome. Tell me what it means to be an adventurer. That is the best job title in the world. It's not one your careers advisor at school would have told you, <laughs> is it, really? I've kind of just made it up. No, it basically means I go off around the world and I do long human power journeys like running, cycling, swimming, and then I come home and I tell stories about it and I try and take people there with me, even if they weren't with me at the time. What has been your favourite adventure so far? What's the best story? <sighs> I ran the length of New Zealand with all of my stuff on my back, like what? a kind of a tortoise. Yes, How long did that really- take? Six months. And I know, it was just logical. I thought, how am I going to carry stuff? And I thought, I'll just put it in my backpack. It was really heavy. (laughs) So this is what I was going to ask about, because it's on your Twitter feed. And I said to the girls earlier, I was like, oh my goodness, she ran across New Zealand. Yeah. uh, What mentally, how do you prepare to do something like that? Because I'm sure mentally the the sort of don't do it kicks in long before the physical or or is it the physical that kicks in? How how, how did this all happen? Yeah, it's absolutely mental. Um, I mean, I mean, it is mental, but as in, it all comes down to what's going on in your head because bodies are amazing. I think anyone that's ever trained for even 5K, 10K, a marathon, like your body will work it out eventually. Whereas 
your mind will carry on playing tricks the whole way through. Mm. Uh, so I got a few. I got a few tools I had along the way. Denial is a great one. <laughs> um, so if I was running 40 kilometres, I'd wake up and I'd think, what a lovely day to run 10k. <laughs> and then uh, I'd get to the end of that 10k and go, what a lovely day to run 10k. <laughs> Um, and repeat so that's a good one Um, and then I did as I went along actually I developed uh, my own cheerleaders so I found that I was being quite negative you know I'm running the length of the country and I was repeatedly telling myself it wasn't fast enough I wasn't you know I wasn't making as many miles as I should each day and this was terrible and uh, and then one day I just thought no I'm not having this so I invented some cheerleaders in my head that whenever these negative thoughts would come in these cheerleaders would pop out and they would scream at me like good job Anna you <laughs> do it girl and, um, I don't know why they're American obviously I love that they're um, American they did a little dance and, and that really it sounds bonkers but when you're on your own for days at a time it is just you and your thoughts and you have to have some good thoughts otherwise it can all go downhill really quickly so cheerleaders all the way basically <laughs> and again i i was saying that um you know from the from a mental perspective you are you are alone so talk us through what it's like to just be alone with your thoughts for six months and also do you know how long it's going to take you do you plan out and say right i have to run this distance and if i don't run this distance then ultimately it hasn't gone according to plan well, I mean, I had a six-month visa, so that was quite nice in a way Fine, that that like, was right. That was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, as long as I can get in New Zealand, basically, I wasn't taking any shorter because I thought I like to stop for tea and cake and chats as well. <laughs> um, so, um, I, but for some reason, I planned my run in time with the working week, and I thought, I thought I'll run for five days and then I'll take two days off. I, I have no idea where this <laughs> came from. Um, but then I soon realised there's no point in taking two days off if you're in the bush in the middle of nowhere yeah, <laughs> with, no, with nothing. So very quickly I realized that I just needed to do as, do as much as I could each day which um, I mean the most I ran was on the last day which was um, 52k sort of 30 oh, wow. 32 miles um, but mostly I was running about 20, 15 to 20 miles a day uh, but it just it depended on whether there was a hut somewhere or where my next water source was or whether I was coming into a town all those kinds of things so I started with a plan as everyone does and then it went out the window within about a week and were you lonely so, um, yeah do you know what I was I have to say I'd I'd done adventures before this one where I was on my own but I always had the option to interact with people and I think if you have that extrovert introvert scale I am somewhere in the middle so I love my own company but if I don't have the option to speak to anyone for three days on end it just it starts to hang like a sort of a lead weight around my neck and I would just do strange things like I'd bump into someone after three days and then quickly rush off and not want to speak to them and think Anna, why have you just <laughs> run away from your only source of conversation in the last few days? Um, so it does do fascinating things to your mind, and it really did mentally push me to the edge of what I thought I was capable of. But I learned so much about myself, and I came back from that trip thinking I have so much more strength than I realised mm-hmm. in my mind before that journey began. That I'm so grateful it took me to all those dark places. And I had a stuffed toy called Kiwi Kev as well, so he oh. was all right. <laughs> Anna, just listening to you, I don't know what I'm sitting here on the edge of my seat. I feel like I want to go for a little quick, like adventure or like a little 10k. And you've um, you've launched Adventure Queens, and I'm super excited. Tell us a bit more because I feel like I want to join. Yeah, oh, you so should. We're all lovely. Uh, So I'd done, I'd thought I've done four big adventures now, and I started to see this pattern of when I would speak to people, they would, I'd be talking to some girls at a talk I'd be, I was giving, and they would start everything 
me saying, oh, I've not done what you've done, but blah, blah, blah. And I'd think, gosh, do people think that because I do these big, crazy things, they can't do them and therefore they feel like they can't do anything? Yes. And so I became aware that for some people, they just want to go and sleep on a hill or they want to go, they want to take their weekends back and they want to get back to camping like they did when they were a kid or they want to go on a hike, but they're actually terrified and they don't know who to ask about all these things. And so I put out a call on social media and I just said, look, I'm thinking of giving out some tips and advice on, on wild camping, as it was at the time, um, which is where you don't camp in a campground. You just go and sleep on a hill um, for, for women. I said, anyone interested? And I had um, 600 women sign up in the space of about four days to an yeah. email list. Amazing. Yeah. And I thought, great, these women want to get wild. You know, I've got to do something <laughs> with this. Um, so, yeah, we started a community and it's now up to almost 4,000 women. And if you, it's a Facebook group and they get monthly emails. We've got an Instagram channel and we have campouts. Um, and we've got 28 local groups around the country. So whatever area you're in, you have to find your chief queen, as she's called. And uh, she will be an expert in the area. And she'll kind of, it's all very informal, friends leading friends. But she'll basically just take you out for your first camp if you haven't been camping in 10 years and show you that you're not going to get eaten by a rogue badger or attacked by a squirrel. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. And it's glorious. Oh, I'm joining. I'm joining immediately. Yay! <laughs> I'm on the website right now. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Everyone's so supportive. That's the amazing thing. I think I thought, how can I help redefine people's normal? You know, because a lot of them, they say they want to go and do a hike or a camp, but they've not got any friends that want to go and do it with them. None of their girlfriends want to do that. So I'm just trying to put them in an environment where they think, yeah, totally normal. You know, go and smell of bush for the weekend. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I just don't even know where to go with that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, fire smoke as well. I mean, the fire smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into this? Is you you were a rower. Was camping your part of your childhood? Were your parents adventurous? Um, no, my, my my parents are both Olympic rowers, so I am spawn of Olympic stock, like a test tube <laughs> baby. Um, so I, I grew up in a very sporty, outdoorsy household, and I actually remember when I was a kid, my parents would take me, I'm from Kingston upon Thames in Surrey, they would drag us on these Sunday walks around Surrey, and I would just moan, and, you know, all teenager, and it tantrums and tampacks, all that. And um, um, So actually, I grew up doing more sport than adventure, but I think as I got older, I was I just became aware of this sort of wanderlust and how I don't know, everything is is amazing if you look at it closely enough even the, you know the British countryside there's so much to explore that I started moving away from trying to do things as fast as possible and actually trying to just learn as much as I could and experience as much as I could and so I started into this world of adventure um, but my first camping trip was actually with the girl guides and I don't know any of you girls were you guides I was yes. a brownie when you, I went they, camping you with were girl guides some right. of us were you, expelled yeah. from the brownies. Oh, were they? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? I just don't even know, Anna. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you went she rogue. Does. She does. She's seen her sharing. eyes. Yeah. Unbelievable. Because I thought I was naughty. I used to climb up trees and hide and not come down when they blew the dinner whistle. And I thought, yeah, I'm a rebel. Um, but I don't know if you remember on your camping trip with the guides, but we had these huge, heavy canvas tents. So you just wake up with this smell of sort of oh, wet yeah. dog in it your face. It put me off camping for life. Did it? Oh, I yeah, loved it. And I did it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. And this is why she runs uh, across <laughs> New Zealand and you don't. <laughs> Are 
you an ambassador now for the Girl Guides, Anna? Is that right? I am, yes. Yeah, I've been working with them for a few years and then this year we, we, we made it official. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I'm now, I'm now their, their first UK ambassador. So it, they're doing some really exciting stuff, actually. They've changed, they've changed their programme quite dramatically and they're about to launch a new programme in the summer uh, with new badges and stuff like that. And it's all centred around adventure, but also in sort of training girls and how to, how to campaign for things they're passionate about. So they really are trying to raise girls so that they have a voice and um, whatever it is they're passionate about. Yeah. That is one thing I've really noticed about the Girl Guides uh, just recently like they have an opinion on stuff and they are not oh, they a bit sure i love it <laughs> they are if you listen to their i think they've got some at some some younger ambassadors that are sort of 14 to 18 and listening to these girls speak they are so eloquent i'm just blown away yeah so a couple of questions firstly are you yeah. going to expand adventure queens to actually doing things in other countries because I would be there. I'm not interested in climbing <laughs> Kilimanjaro or any of those things that you sort of you can traditionally buy as a package. I want a bespoke experience. And <laughs> don't, I mean, you don't, no I, pressure, I, Anna, yeah, but Anna know, wants I, a bespoke experience. There's, there's a business opportunity here. And then, so linked to that, how do you avoid things like toenails falling off? Because I did a 10K and I lost my toenails. I've got bra burn. I've got scars from the bra and that was just on 10K. So, uh oh. You I'm know. with you. I'm with you. I did a race once and I forgot to cut them and I, I had eight of them hanging yeah. off by the end, which yeah. is oh, it's just not nice, is it? It's not I nice. Think, I think it comes down to practice, like bra burn as well. I mean, Vaseline's got to be your best friend, hasn't it, for the old bra burn. And also the thigh rub. I get a lot of thigh rub. Don't know about anyone else. So I haven't had yeah. the thigh rub yet, but now I'm, okay. I'm, I'm conscious of, because the burns are so bad. So, but on a, when you're running 50-something kilometres, like it must just yeah. be horrendous. Um, do you know, I think because you get used to it and you adjust along the way, and at the end of the day, I had six months. So oh anything that was going wrong or, or uncomfortable, I would, I would be able to adjust it. And I did actually train for the adventure, which was quite unusual because for my cycling adventures, I, I didn't bother training because you just get used to it along the way. But um, for a running adventure, I thought I've got to train. But I was, I was training more to understand where is my body going to break down? How is it going to hurt? Is that an injury? Is that, is that just pain? You know? And, um, and so I think that's where the training kicked in. When things started to hurt, I, I knew my body better than anyone else did in the whole world. Yeah. And so I was able to manage it better. It wasn't about going fast. It was just learning more about myself and, and what hurt. And where are you taking us? Where are we going? What, what's the where, next where? adventure? <laughs> Um, okay, so well, my current adventure at the moment is my other half is uh, a bit bonkers as well, and he's currently running across. He's running 230 marathons across America dressed as a superhero. <laughs> what? Um, Off you go, Nat. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Which superhero? Um, he's called. He's got his own superhero because that's what grown-ups do. Um, <laughs> he's called Adventure Man. <laughs> and, um, he, Just gets better. Yeah, so um, I'm actually, we decided that both of us probably shouldn't be off on bonkers events <laughs> at the same time. So I'm going out there every two months to go and, oh, it's going to be so romantic. I have to hitch out of a town, track him down, <laughs> run with him, sleep in a tent. Um, and then I'm gearing up for another big adventure next summer. So it'll be a running trip. So I'm really excited about that one. Amazing. Oh, I love Anna, it. I just, this has been a joy talking to you. Uh, remind us again of where we're all going to go to sign up so we can go on our mini adventures too. Oh, you can go to adventurequeens.co.uk or find or Google that on, and find it on Facebook and, and come into the community. You'll find everyone's really friendly. We are there. Thank yeah, you thanks, so much. Anna. Thanks, Anna. 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 Anna.
all round badass. I, I'm just I girl crushed. It. Girl crushed yeah. up on this. I just show. feel really energized. So that was only on the telephone. Can you imagine <laughs> yes. if you met her in real life? Oh You'd God. literally be signing up for like a yes. I'm going on a 20 day marathon. <laughs> I want. Yeah, I want to run with her because yeah. I feel like you'd be running and you'd get to that point where you're like, I just can't do this anymore. She'd be like, No, come yeah. on, the cheerleaders <laughs> are out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love her. Amazing. <laughs> That's Anna McNuff Adventurer, joy of a badass. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going to go from her because I'm so, I'm so yeah, open with her. an adventure. Let's where just would you go? Show. If you could okay. do an adventure, where would you go? I do really want to climb Kilimanjaro. It's been on my to-do list forever. I really want to do it. I also really want to do something called the Clip Around the World Yacht Race and ah. sail the Southern Ocean, which is the basically scariest ocean in the world. Just sign up. Uh, yes, do you want to hand me the 10 grand to do it? Thanks, yeah. babe. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But, you know, at some point I will. At okay. some point I'll have the money and then I'll do it. Yeah. Mm. Where would you go? Well, I I always have adventures. They're just not the physical kind. Like, my life is an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> right, Emma. Okay, Emma's having adventures in her head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they c- I could have a run in me. I have a climb in me. I just, I don't want to do something Do that... a half marathon with me this year. No. That's not an adventure, Why babe. Not unless an adventure? it's around an island or something. Well, like I go... feel like I want to go into the let's wilderness. Run around Ibiza. <laughs> no, that Again, not really. The... I feel like Emma's not <laughs> into this. She's doing too much adventuring really. in her head. Yeah. <laughs> this has been Badass Women's Hours. Best bits. And do you know what? If you liked it, do rate, review and subscribe. We love that because it makes us so happy. We will be here again, same time, same place. This is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. But in the meantime, come follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the socials at Badass Women's Hour. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 